Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. Hi, folks. This is part two of the Christmas special with JT Money and Mr. Reese Argo. Enjoy. Oh, my <laughs> lord. Um, oh, what else? I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, I This is my go-to every year. And I never get sick of it, and it's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. That reminds yeah, me of Home Alone once again. I love that damn song. What's that? Home Alone. Because like, that's the scene like where he's running like the, yeah. the the mannequin and all that around the living room. To I would say, not to go off on a tangent, but it's, Home Alone's got to be watched during Christmas, right? Is yeah. that like a staple? You have to find <laughs> yeah, that or Home Alone 2. Yeah. Like, Both of them, yeah. Go, yeah. Well, let's do a sidetrack for a minute. What are your kind of go-tos for Christmas? I mean, on movies, you know. Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody like, says that. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I mean, I have, it is a Christmas. I have like my five or six. So it'd be like the Home Alone's one and two. I yes. do Elf, Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas it's, a, Story. It's, a, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's the go-to every year. Uh, I always watch it on Christmas Eve. What else? Um, a, well, Christmas Story, obviously. Christmas Story, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like awesome. Christmas Vacation, of yeah, course. Christmas Vacation. God, there's so many great lines in that movie. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's been on Netflix the past couple years with like Christmas Chronicles, like with Kurt Russell. That was kind of a oh, cool little movie. Claus? I've never seen was that. that. Is that where he's Santa Claus? Yeah. Well, is it, yeah, uh, because in that movie, like you need to watch it this winter when they put it back on Netflix. But like, it has a scene with Stephen Van Zandt in it. Oh, really? Yeah, like and his wife, who they were in Sopranos. Like, like I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like and, it, and it's a jailhouse scene. It's like huh. I don't want to spoil it all, but like watch it. It's it's funny. It's, yeah, it's it's just a kind of one of those feel good movies. It's yeah. like okay, you should you. Should, Feel guilty for liking it, but you should. It's just kind of like it's mm-hmm. kind of cute. Santa and just, Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus is Kurt Russell, so he's kind of like Santa Claus with yeah. like rough edges. He's playing like his dirty, grizzled kind of. Oh, wow. Santa. Like, I know the new one had his wife and or not, I always Goldie say Hawn. that his partner for life, um, Goldie Hawn. Yeah, she was in the end and the end of the first one, where it's like she pops up like the last frame. Yeah. And then she's more prominent in the second because they made a sequel to it. So uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's, so is it is it like uh, Santa Claus? It's kind of like Tim it, Allen, like this. Yeah, you know what I mean the original one. Yeah, it's kind of. I think they made like five of them now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that where it's like adults can watch it. It's, it's meant for kids, but like you could watch it and just be like, yeah, you're it's not. kind of a fun watch. Yeah. You know, it's. Well, I wonder if I had it on DVD, I wouldn't watch it throughout the year. But it's just like it's Christmas. I need to throw it in there with the yeah, the Island of Misfit Toys. I always watch that stuff. You know, the the animated. Oh yeah, uh, it's the, so the, hard to like, find it on sometimes. Yeah. It's like you either have to like search them out. Or you have to be like at home because it's gonna be like ABC on a random Tuesday night. You're like, oh, I'm working or I'm doing that. Where it's yeah. like, and that's they usually use that kind of uh, characterization in Elf. Like that's where he lives. Yeah, yeah. Island of Misfit Toys. So. Well, that's what uh, when I was younger. That's the VHS tapes. We used to put that in as a family because mm-hmm. we had it recorded. You know, I used yeah. to actually have to record like the CBS airing of yeah, yeah. the show and then fast forward you're, you're, talk, you're talking to the old guys I know right? like, and, and you literally have to at the commercials hit the pause button yeah. so it would mm-hmm. cut the commercial out so it wouldn't happen <laughs> you don't that, know that's until, what I remember though yeah you don't know until you only have like four to six hours on a tape you yep. get everything onto a videotape that you can you What's get the fancy that? ones at eight, eight hours on it Oh man, I remember doing all. I used to do that when they you were. Could, you could dub record tapes. Videos. Yeah. I used to record videos on MTV, like videos I wanted. So I used to use have to hit the pause for that. I, did, if you get a chance, check out um, no um, connection. I've said this before in a podcast of the movies that made us on Netflix. Yeah, there's one for Elf on there, 
And John Favreau, who made that movie, is like it talks about the total like he stuck to his guns to make that movie the way it is, and how the studio wanted to change it, and like everything from like the Island Misfits toys to like these little things, like he fought for it to be in that movie. Well, yeah, because I mean, it could be like a PG thirteen movie if they really amped up some of those jokes, but there's just those little things like, did they just say that? Like you're just and it's and the joke's over. It's like, yeah. well, my my question too is like. Having uh, Will Ferrell, is that his biggest movie, you think, that has reached everybody? It probably is. I, I've heard everyone yeah. knows Elf. Yeah. I, I think they, they still do. don't know who Will Ferrell is. I think they do. Yeah. I think Step Brothers is another, but I think that's just depending on like no, that's how more of a cult yeah, comedy. I would say like as a fan of Will Ferrell. I like think. Worldwide, I think you're right. I think I that's think how everybody huge. would know Will Ferrell is through Elf. That's I mean, he's obviously... You know, done so many movies, but worldwide, easily hands down. But I think more people know him now through either like Step Brothers or Elf versus knowing that he was on Saturday Night Live first. Because now it's just kind of like it's yeah. it's in the passion of thing. Like, oh, that's where he got his start. True. Because they never really mm-hmm. mentioned it anymore. He was on Saturday Night Live. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's been a yeah. movie star for so long. It's like I remember watching all those. Okay. Uh, what else you got? Uh, that's really it yeah. as far as my top songs. What, what song? Any other songs? Uh, for Christmas, uh, like Otis Running, like Merry Christmas, Baby. Yes. Kind of, a, oh yeah, that's a good one. That one. Uh, the Muppets' Twelve Days of Christmas. Oh. That's really kind of they they was, would always play that in the store too. Yeah, that's that's not. <laughs> Man, that, that used to come on over the speaker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that kind of it. That kind of hits you in the youth feels. I mean, especially yeah, yeah. people like '80s and '90s kids who yeah. would have heard it. Uh, well, and I also too it was like disclaimer. There was literally eight songs that got played over and over. Yeah. So what's that? Twenty minutes worth? And it's yeah. Like, yeah. Another one. Uh, Christmas rapping by the waitresses. Of course, yeah. Like, yes. Cover that one now. Like that's a great so many, one. Uh, they don't play it at work, but like Father Christmas by the Kinks is another good oh, one. Oh, that's a great one. Is it, uh, why am I, Lennon? What's the one he's saying? Yeah, War, yeah. Christmas is War. That yeah, Happy yeah. Christmas War is over. Um, one of my go-tos every year also is a Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Just yeah. really yeah. great. Um, Burl Ives, A Holly Jolly Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I, 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 that, that movie has to put you in a good mood. Yeah, I'm sorry. Great. Well, actually, that's it. That's all I got as far as Christmas songs go. But you didn't pick any albums, huh? Just the NSYNC one. That's the only one that, growing up, that I like. I mean, remember. I would I would say an album because it's a true album, but it would be like the Chipmunks Christmas album. Yes, that was a big one for people of our. And the reason I bring up albums is because Phil Spector had an album um, out called "A Christmas Gift for You." Yes, which had Darlene Love on it, which Christmas Baby. Um, she used to play on the Letterman Show every Christmas. Every Christmas, she would sing that song. Like, it was the tradition for every Letterman um, Christmas episode. And then, uh, no, I didn't add, but beginning of Christmas Vacation, Mavis Staples did the Christmas Vacation theme from that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, because yeah. speaking of Darlene Love, because they're both, like, suit, her and Mavis Staples are both yeah. real, like, traditional like, yeah. traditional soul, soul music. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the that Phil Spector Christmas gift for you. Mob, one that we would used to play in the record store all the time, and I just... Like, it's one of those weird choices. Like, you're like, really? Is uh, Harry Connick Jr. had one called When My Heart Finds Christmas. And the reason I liked it so much because it reminded me of, like, a Sinatra-esque kind of jazzy feel to it. Um, one that's more sentimental to me is The Carpenters, um, Christmas Portrait. My uh, mom used to play that every Christmas. I actually have that on vinyl. And then my honorable mention of my, you know, more traditional 
are more traditional. More modern day, I guess, is a, uh, a very uh, she and him Christmas with Zoe Deschanel and Mike uh, Ward. Or M. Ward, M. excuse Ward, me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like just looking at that Christmas gear for you, like I think every one of these songs was played at at the at the place of business. Like mm-hmm. Frosty the Snowman by the Ronettes was one they played constantly. Uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Crystals. Uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer by the Crystals. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of, like, the yeah, the Crystals, Ronettes, and Darling Love, they were all the staples on that. Um, the last album I wanted to mention is because during, like, the early 90s, and I think it was the early 90s, I'm pretty sure, was they used to do these albums called A Very Special Christmas, which Jimmy Iovine, if you don't know who Jimmy Iovine is, look up uh, record producers. He's got a documentary out there on himself, too has done a million different things he's like he's a manager for like the like right now for the eagles and for like a bunch of stevie nicks and apparently he was the reason why um stevie like talked to jimmy and that's why Lindsay got cut out from what a podcast i was listening to but the reason i'm bringing up a very special christmas so every year they'd bring him like a new volume out and the first one was like a an astounding list of like people on it, it had the pointer sisters the eurythmics whitney houston um Bruce springsteen and the East street man the Pretenders, John Mellencamp, Sting, Run DMC, U2, Madonna, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Man, Brian Adams, Bon Jovi, and Alison Moyet, and Stevie Nicks. Okay. Wow. And all of them put their songs on there, and it went into benefit um, the AIDS Foundation. Yeah, I just wanted to say as a correction, it looks like it said here was for like the Special Olympics. Which that one was volume benefiting. two. Well, yeah. They, all, yeah, they would all benefit, it looks like. That's yeah. what they're saying here. But, uh, I don't remember that album cover. Well, that artist was really popular, too. He made a lot of popular 80s art. Does this say something about who the uh, artist was for the album? Keith Herring is what it says here. Uh, okay. Yeah, then as they went on to, like, subsequent editions, look like they had, like, Chris Cornell and Blues Traveler, mm-hmm. no doubt. Like, so they kind of kept up, like, with contemporary artists at that time. Yes. Like, there's, like, six or seven editions of it. I have... Mm-hmm. A couple, like I just like kind of like pick some of the tracks on it. But I thought that was always a good thing that that was actually going towards charity. So you know, in the, in the tradition of you know Christmas giving, it was a great thing to have out there. So I mean, you have a song on one of them, "Backdoor Santa" with BB King and John Popper playing. <laughs> that name, sorry. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I, know, I think I, I think I like that song just because it's like. Obviously, traditional blues, blues. Yeah. yeah yeah when i release this it will be you know talking about christmas coming up so i think this is a good some good music for people to listen to and maybe stuff that you're not normally listening to and hopefully you'll dig the songs that we picked and um and if you have any suggestions feel free to reach out to us okay yeah we'll maybe try and post some stuff as it comes we'll just kind of yeah. forward like videos along i try i try to every year to kind of be like hey mm-hmm. this is not the standard but just take a listen you might so you did a little sound engineering yeah it was just kind of like learn kind of the ropes at the wrestling room like a friend of mine usually does you just kind of show me mm-hmm. what you do i haven't like done it on my own but it'd be kind of an interesting thing to do what do you like, think would you, you like it yeah it was just making sure like the band can hear what they're playing because it was <laughs> it was running monitors which means the band yeah. hearing on stage that they're hearing yeah. what they want to be hearing in the mix so. I just wanted to do this, have this time to like see what you guys are up to as far as like you know your music, you know, and yes. you're doing a lot of stuff with music, which has been awesome. Yeah, getting out and playing a little. I mean, it's been it's gonna be kind of a slow week because last week I didn't make it out to one of my usual nights, and then getting out there and playing before the weather gets too cold to go out. And yeah, any shows you want to go to anytime soon? Or? Uh, I have tickets for November third to go see Silver Sun Pickups in Chicago. Oh, that's gonna be a great show. They They're were gonna amazing. be my last show before COVID hit, and like yeah. it was a 
Wednesday or Thursday night show, and then like Tuesday night, like yeah, we're shutting shit down. It's yeah. like, but I've been to some concerts since, but like it'll be yeah. fitting because like they were gonna be like the last group I saw before yeah. the world shut down. So well, and one thing I want to do, this is something. There's things in my head that I've been wanting to do with you guys that I haven't put out. You know, as far as pod rest recording, what I'd like to do with you, John, at some point is if you get a chance, we can zoom and it's like I want to do the best of Lollapalooza, go through every year. Because I went to the first ones, obviously, the first three or four mm-hmm. in Chicago when it was touring thing. And then you haven't been been going for who knows how long to some of these. Since 06, yeah. Like yeah. all the... I did go to the, been, uh, the one when they started touring again when they did the last tour before it just went to Chicago. Yeah, they've been based in Chicago since like 05, but I didn't go yeah. in the first year. But every year since 06, they've held it. I've went yes. to it. So, And I got to see that. That's when I saw um, Audio Slave and you know a bunch of people, like a tool was actually at one in the early days that I went and saw, which is crazy to think about. I want to find out, you know, more topics we can go over and stuff. I think we could do a country episode, me and you, with some country music. Um, but I would really, I'm looking forward to reaching out more to you guys, you know, when I finally make the move. And I'm excited That's to, exciting, but I, I really, I'm hoping you guys get to come out because there's going to be a ch- good chance you might be able to see some shows you want. And the other topic I wanted to bring up with us today was, because I always love hearing what people's catalog of like, what are you listening to over and over again? Because there's stuff that you listen to that you just never get sick of. There's certain albums that I listen to that I never get sick of. I listen to over and over again. But we're going to start out with um, some of the songs that you listen to that are kind of your go-tos, you know, all the time. What you got? Uh, it's kind of a weird one. Not super prominent, but uh, Daydream by Journey. On okay. The, on the album Evolution. Wow. So that's 79. Uh-huh. Man, the sound in that song, I don't know what it is. And it's also it was a huge... Uh, party garage song for us whenever that came on it got cranked that's kind of another reason <laughs> wow. my head every time i hear it because but yeah that album might be my favorite journey album yeah it's not their main one that people ought to think of you know escape or frontiers but i love that i think that's when they hit their peak with the old band mm-hmm. you know departure was good but i believe evolution was when they really peaked out before the new lineup, the new lineup was just bananas. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's a good one, man. I, I will have to check that. I don't can't. I know I've heard it, but I was like having to hear it again. Just, just save yourself time, just front to back that whole album. <laughs> it's, it's seriously, you, it's mm-hmm. that good. What do you got, JT? What's a uh, go-to for you? Go-to, uh, probably one I was thinking about was like Mrs. Potter's Lullaby by Counting Crows off like This Desert yeah. Life. It's kind of like a mini epic. I mean, it's like an eight-minute song, but mm-hmm. like just kind of. The way it just kind of moves and abs flows, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I have to check that out, too. I haven't listened to that. What album's that from? Uh, this Desert Life. So. Oh, okay. That's the green-covered album, right? No, that's uh, the one with the... Yellow. The yeah, yellow yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember now. But yeah, because, uh, I mean, basically, he's just watching... A, he's, like, watching a movie, and just see the whole point is, like, he's watching a movie, seeing this character on the screen, just kind of... Mm-hmm. Everything, I mean, he has, like, lines like, the price of a memory is the price of the sorrow it brings, just, like, real mm-hmm. kind of... And who's Indeed the lead so. singer of that band? Adam Duritz. Adam Duritz is the only man in history, so folks know, has slept with two of the friends from the TV show Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney and, Cox and Jennifer Aniston. And I think Winona Ryder dated yeah. Emmy Ross. He was John Mayer before John Mayer yeah. was. <laughs> the 90s John Mayer. Yeah. yeah but uh, he, they just announced a humongous uh, European tour, Counting Crows, I know. Yeah, I don't think they've been over there for five, ten years. So, yeah. Like, when they get over there, I mean, they, they do it right, but like. Yeah. Did you go to that show they had here that sold out really quick? 
They did some show like was... they, I didn't go to the one at the barn. But yeah, that, I went to the one at the Adler, which was mm-hmm. probably a year or two after they played. Because I think they played the barn like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. The barn is Codfish Hollow for people who probably yeah. have never been yeah. there. But uh, which you know. Uh, Kevin Smith thought he was going to get murdered when he was going out there to do his comedy show. <laughs> because he was like, where the hell am I going? It's like in the middle of nowhere. So you drive down like a gravel road for like five miles <laughs> off of 61. Yeah. Have you ever been to a show out there? No. It's, it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's really like cool. You get off, you drive on a gravel road for like two or three miles off 61. Like You wind through and then you hit like a big field with parking. There's a tractor that takes you down to the... Barn. What was the show we saw? Anderson Anderson East. Anderson East, yeah, which was a great show out there. And I saw Jenny Lewis out there. Like they were yeah. booking a whole bunch of shows, but just it's super clustered in there. They just yeah. don't want to risk people. Not with which COVID. I get it. Yeah. And she's on tour again too, Jenny Lewis. I've been like with Harry, Harry Sty- with Harry Styles. Yeah, the last couple of weeks she's been touring. I noticed that her. I was wondering where she was getting these big stadiums, and I can see why if she's opening for Harry. <laughs> which Styles. is which is interesting because yeah. her sound isn't like that. But I mean. That's kind of the cool pairing sometimes. Like, U2 is notorious for doing that. They would, U2 would be like, hey, Rage Against Machine, you want to go out and play with us? Like, they'll yeah. do, like, really offbeat stuff. Like, you don't expect that band to be out there playing with them. Yeah, well, I, I, I saw with U2, I saw Primus, and um, before he uh, went solo, um, Disposable Heroes of Propocracy was the band he was in. He um, he was in um, Spearhead, Michael, Michael Franti. Franti. Yeah. So Michael Franti, who was in Spearhead, was the opening band in a band called uh, Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. So it was them, then it was Primus, and then U2, and that was during that Zoo tour. I think I brought that up in another podcast. My um, go-to, this is the song that I am never tired of. Never. Like, if I'm in a, like one of those moods, I put the song on and it puts you in like whatever mood you need to be in. Is uh, Best of You by the Foo Fighters. Okay. That song is, I call it the double, the double meaning, because it means two different things. It's like, are they getting the best of you, of you, you know, you know, being a person, or someone taking advantage of you and getting the best of you? It's kind of like a double meaning. I don't know what, like, I don't know what Dave Grohl was thinking when he wrote that song, but it's like one of the best songs to hear live, too. It's just, you hear them sing that song live, and it's like you hear the whole audience freaking singing that song. Mm. I, I love it, and so that's that's always going to be on the top of my list. What you got? Which way do you take it? As um, as I think right now I take it as like I want people to get the best of me. You know, I want back in the day it was probably more of like a you know a like anger. yeah a little nice. anger and stuff in, in me, but now I feel like it's one of those songs that's like I'm going to give it the best shot every day I can, and that's one of those songs that does that. It gives you you know a lot of motivation, just be the best person you can be, man. What you got? Um. Uh, Dreams, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, it's God. a staple. Makes I mean, wonder... anytime that song comes on, I never skip it. It's I don't a know. Great Usually, song. there's always a song somewhere in some band's catalog that I love. I'm like, eh. You know, Don't Stop Believing My Journey or something comes on somewhere. I'm like, eh, I heard it too many times, but mm-hmm. I can listen to that song forever. I just think it's the groove. Yes. Just the bass. And that song is phenomenal. Makes you want to drink some ocean spray and ride a skateboard. <laughs> yes. And then that's now everybody's going to be like, oh, Dreams, that song with the guy on the skateboard. You know, all these yeah. young kids coming up. Rumors is one of the best albums ever. I mean, top 25 <laughs> albums of yeah. all time. There's another one for me. Just listen to the whole album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, 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 I mean, Lindsey Buckingham and just the whole story behind that album. If you ever get a chance, um, there's a thing on out there that I think I mentioned to you at one point. It's like they, they talk about the making of albums and there's a thing out there about the making of rumors that's just crazy. Like, Well, and uh, actually at the place we worked, 
Um, I used to always play the game with someone that, you know, you had three songs on an island. What songs could you hear over and over and over again? I said yeah. that one. Dream. That was one of them. It's just musically, too. It's like you said, it's just... You didn't even have to hear the, the lyrics. Man. Just, it's almost like a vibing song, I guess you could say. You yeah. can just sit back and listen to it. Yeah, and it's collaboration, man. I mean, it, I mean that song... Yeah, that's a Stevie Nicks singing song, but if Lindsay wasn't making that song with her, it wouldn't be the same song. Oh, I agree. So, what you got? Uh, I would say probably another big one we talked about in the previous podcast, but like Pearl Jam, Yellow Lead Better. I mean, to me, yes. that's just... Yeah. And the fact that like they never play that song live the same way twice, it's just... And it'll sound the same, except for certain little things going on in the song. They, they're changing around a little, and like... Even Addy to this day doesn't know what the song's about. He just gets, gets up there and sings it like 30 years later. And it's yeah. just... And it's funny because Cindy sent me like a TikTok of somebody making fun of that song. And <laughs> she thought it was funny. She thinks it's like Eddie Vedder talking with marbles probably. Yeah, like yeah. the... <laughs> and and I, I thought, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, people understand it. But if you read the lyrics, you know, you'll know, you know, what the song is about and everything. And it's a great song and I love it too. Yes. You know? yeah. Yeah. Redemption song, Bob Marley. Oh, okay. That, to the day I die, I will... That'll be... Um, a funeral song probably for me like I have a list of songs I want played at my funeral I know it's it's one of those things because I'm a music I'm a music person I mean people just expect it for me but that is one of the songs on there Johnny Cash and my, my one of my biggest heroes Joe Strummer did it a version of it together it's an amazing version of it but Bob Bob wrote so many songs I could list I could do a whole podcast and I probably will someday of Bob Marley and his music and his importance to me like the list like you ever see those things sometimes like if you had a choice to bring somebody back to life you know and who would it be yeah. it would be bob marley i would love to see bob marley live i mean that would have been oh. in, in the whalers live it would have been an amazing show uh, every time every live album i hear of, of them and they're in their like prime it's one of the best i got a question do you think he would be as big as like anybody Kinda yes like, i think he'd be bigger than that's what i mean like could he be like one he of would be iconic stars? he would be iconic because just because of his meaning of uniting people and his, you know, actually just the way he was, you know, the way he was brought up, the way he was with the way his country was and how like things are now, I think he would be great to have him. I think it would be important to have him Couldn't out there. Not. Yeah, I think he he definitely was a person that, you know, his infidelity was a whole other thing, but <laughs> but yeah. he was uh, he was he to me was one of the like truest, you know, musical performers that sang from his soul. And his music shows that when you listen to it. And all right, man. I would say uh, "Just Breathe" by Pearl Jam. I have it on here. Yeah, that that's <laughs> I, it's it's got to be on here, man. Lyrically, obviously, it's just fantastic. I mean, yes. they always are great with the music behind it. But I think the lyrics to that song is what sets it above. Yes. Uh, actually, my uh, brother got married to that song because I suggested it to him. I'm like, man, yeah. this is a perfect wedding song. Yes. I was like, if. You know, some bands just create that yeah. perfect wedding song, like Foreigners create like four yeah. of them. But there's just that song that's like, I couldn't imagine a wedding without it. It makes me wonder what and how, I guess, how he came up with that. Because, I mean, that, it's like, you talk about, you know, it's like Wishlist with me. The lyrics to Wishlist are perfect, man. Yeah. Just Breeze is the same way. I'm like, how in the heck, where did this Relatable. come from? Like, where, where was he channeling this? Where, where is this, you know, the lyrics, 
you get goosebumps when you hear it still you know and that album too i feel like every song is kind of in that vein like i just think he was kind of lyrically at a point where like i always think of force of nature is one of my favorite songs that's off that album as well i think he just took it i don't know they're i guess it's more relatable but also deeper Mm -hmm. as far as his lyrics went on that album i mean he's got there's some of them like the the fixer you know a little more poppy standard but i think that album's just front to back fantastic it's a it's one of the top ones on mine man i agree 100 percent on that have you heard flag day that he does with his daughter i have not yet i recommend it very very highly like same feeling feels when you my father's daughter is the name of the song it's with it's olivia uh and and, and eddie and glenn hazard i believe does it with them on there too it's amazing lyrics just to hear his daughter sing these lyrics and his dad and her dad's you know like basically the music behind it it's just it's a beautiful song it's just it's one of my top songs of the year i can say hands down really it's that good yeah it's a beautiful song it really i recommend it okay uh probably my third one um, and if we're going to get back to mentioning albums at some point, but uh, it's our song off the album, but it's a Grateful Dead song, Terrapin Station. Yes. That's a it's good like one. the last, it's like the entire second half of this album. It's like a 16 minute long song. And it's one of the few songs, like the actual studio version, I think is better than any way they ever played it live because it's just the dead mixing like just jam rock with progressive rock. It was like the late 70s. There's strings on it. There's just like court, like choirs. It's just real. Mm-hmm out there and the band hated the way it sounded in the studio but like I'll still contend that this song sounds better as a studio version than like anything they ever played it's a great album too yeah I mean it's got the first the first half has some good songs I mean they're they're late 70s stuff they pretty much gave up like post like 75 ever writing like Mm -hmm. albums like they knew they were making their rounds touring but like it's just I've never heard of it You've never heard of like the conversation? No, yeah. Like it's, no. So I know. Yeah, here's like, here's like, here's like the album cover. I mean, it's just like a real random. It was like the first album I ever got into by the Dead. It's like, and it's maybe like somebody listening to like some random like Journey album, like written like '85. Yeah. It's like their first album, like mm-hmm. before they hear like any of the big hits. Hmm. So it was I'll just kind of, it was kind of out. a weird introduction. But like I got into them in uh, when I was in middle school, which was like 1994 which is about the year before Jerry Garcia passed away. So, like, I got into him kind of, like, too late. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to I'll me, it's just, like... It and yeah. it's, like, one of those songs you meant, like, 16 minutes and never feels like a 16-minute song. I really want to go down here and talk about this because I, I can do that. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. I, I always wonder what John would have been like if he really wouldn't be able to tour with the dead, like like a lot of the followers were. <laughs> like, if he would have fell down, like, the... Like, Take an acid or or, or uh, well, I don't know. that's like initiation <laughs> mushrooms or like uh, I don't know like I just like I, I think it's I, really cool that you love a band and you weren't into that cult part of the culture you're actually into the music which is so respectful and, to and me. I think some are but I think they think they have to like use drugs to kind of get yes. to the next plane with it but it's like uh-huh. you know you're into the music which is awesome yeah. and Jerry was like my it's just funny the. The, the person I'm um, moving in with, my cousin, it used to follow the dead. So oh, okay. she's a human, like, you go into the house and there's dead, you know, like, you know how I have artwork for uh, for all my stuff? She's got, like, a lot of frame stuff for, like, Grateful Dead and stuff. So she was a, she, she's a huge Grateful Dead fan, um, was in love with Jerry Garcia, still is in love with Jerry Garcia. And actually, I just want to mention while we're recording this today, 
it is not only John Mayer's birthday today, but Bob Weir. Yes. They both share the same birthday oh. and play in the same group. So Yeah, and John's touring with the dead now, yeah. the remaining members. So. Dead. Well, say except for Phil Lush, who's not touring with them, but it's like four of the original yes. members, basically. Yeah, Phil doing pretty good on his own. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's yeah. been touring with his band and yeah. has a good band. But the drummers that. are there, Bob Weir's there, so yeah. like they have like the, pretty much the core of... How old are they now? Just curious. 70s. Mid, yeah. Early seven, early yeah. to late 70s. Uh, I think Phil Lesh is like 81 or 82, yeah. but he's not with him, so he's... Wow. Well, uh, Ringo just turned 81. That's yeah. awesome. Ringo still Star, touring, so. though, at, you know what I mean? Almost 80 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why... I, I use that as, like, the beacon of, like, how old some of these rock stars are. Like, okay, Ringo's 81, and I think... You know, Mick Jagger might be 82 or... It's, it's like, yet, like, as old as we feel, it's like they're that much older. But like, they always have been older than us, but it's like they're not much older. It's yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you see pictures of the Beatles when you're growing up. It's like, oh, man, they look like they're 30 or 40. And all of a sudden, you look at them now, it's like... And yeah. speaking of 20, the Beatles, man, I'm glad I brought that up. And I'm glad we're talking about that. Is they have that documentary coming out on Apple Music, The Making of Let It Be. So it's uh, um, Peter Jackson who did um, all the Lord of the Rings movies. He, really? he's, he's the director behind this documentary of all the footage like of them making the album. Like all, like everything. All the nuts and bolts and all the like drama. So like all the funny stuff, all the like them, like George quit at one point during the making of it. Like it shows all of it, you know, and like, so it's going to be cool to see. It's like a three-part series, I believe, and um, I know John's probably looking really forward to it. So um, actually, it's um, the Beatles get back. It's uh, going to be um, out November twenty-fifth. It's a three-part episode. It's on Apple Music, and there's so much good stuff on app on Apple TV. Excuse me, it's on Apple Music, Apple TV right now. Like the Velvet Underground documentaries on Apple. John Stewart's new show. Have you watched it? Uh, yes, I watched the episode where they're talking about the burn pits. The new one is like he goes there on freedom, like spot on. John Stewart's back, and I'm so glad he is. It's necessary. Um, he he to me is taking like this is the issues. This is what we need to talk about. Here here we go. It's like 40 minutes long usually the episodes. So um, John, I you have Apple? I TV? don't. I don't. I need to probably look into getting it. Yeah, yeah um, they're really starting to pick it up. Do the group package. You can do the music and the TV, TV uh, for fourteen bucks, like a month. Huh. And so you can get all the music you want and all and, and, and the shows. There's something else. Oh yeah, they just released uh, "Let It Be." Uh, have you seen that? That that's the other thing that came out that I wanted to talk to you about, John. Is that there's this thing out now, and I wanted to bring it up in this episode with you guys because I wanted to talk to you about it because I'm not sure if you guys know about it. It's called spatial sound. It's a new way to hear music. It's called spatial audio, okay? What it is is it gives you the 3D effect, so instead of it being like in circular, um, like 3D audio, it's actual 3D audio. Like you're getting the underneath and up above. So like if you can get speakers that have that, you're getting the whole effect. You're in like the movie or in like listening to the music. So like if you were to wear headphones, you'd exactly. Nice. Yes. So the new Beatles remaster that came out is in spatial audio, and I'm really excited to hear it when I, when I get a chance. Ooh. 
So or, uh, another great band that would be Pink Floyd. Oh, hands down. <laughs> That'd be like yes. just hearing all kinds of sounds. And then that way you can watch The Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 3D audio effects, um, it's a group of sound effects that manipulate the sound produced by stereo speakers. Surround speakers, speaker arrays of headphones. It frequently involves a virtual placement of sound sources anywhere in three-dimensional space, including behind, above, or below the listener. So spatial sound. Um, I'm seeing Apple Music release these spatial sound um, re reissues, and this whole new um, "Let It Be" come out was done in spatial sound. So I'm really, but it's got like a ton of like, um, so you know too, John, um, like a ton of like unreleased um, tracks on it that like of outtakes and things like that. And I think it's tying into the whole um, Get Back uh, documentary. So well, I had so many bands. I'm um, thinking about how that would be awesome. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like a whole new way of listening to music again. But what if you listen to a concert? Oh, my gosh, yes. Wouldn't that be cool to have? You have the audience effect, too? Yeah. You know, you feel yeah. like you're literally... At sitting, the show. Instead of kind of like it sounds like it's coming out of a speaker, mm -hmm. it sounds like you're there. That'd be... Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.